L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. My name is Craig Johnson. I'm your host of Creating Crap with Craig, the show where we love both alliteration and creation. I'm joined by my producer, Logan Adam Schultz. Oh, oh. hey there. Hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. Hey, bud. How you doing today? Oh, I'm good. That was an amped up intro. That was. You know, I'm very amped up. All I've had today is coffee and a chocolate chip cookie, so I am feeling fantastic. You got that well-balanced diet. Very, I am very healthy these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, good for you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of me, too. Living your best life. But you know what else I'm proud of, Logan? What? The illustrious, the fantastic, the mythical, the legendary guest that I've got on this show today, sitting diagonally from me, is the one, the only, Josh Resnikow, also known as my former orchestra teacher, Mr. Resnikow. We, I... I don't know. I don't even. I'm speechless. We need some fanfare. <laughs> we there need for some sure. fanfare there for sure. Logan, cue up the fanfare. But I honestly, there it is. Yes, there it is. Beautiful. We love it. We love it. Yes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing well. I, I'm hopefully, doing you have a better balanced diet than I do. I had uh, pancakes and eggs. See, you're already one step ahead of me. Yeah, that syrup and butter really is adds to that diet. That's it. Really, you know, <laughs> that really cements the healthiness for you right there. Absolutely, totally living your best life. Carbs and sugar. I love it. We love carbs. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I I cannot believe this. This doesn't feel real. This is like a dream. I I wasn't expecting this. Oh well, <laughs> hey, you you had asked, you invited. I did. That I was wonderful. I just I sent out a Facebook message on a hope and a prayer, and I was like, God, for one. I hope he sees this because I did. I didn't know how much we even used Facebook, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know if he'll see this. I don't know if he'll even want to. I don't know if he'll even remember me. <laughs> Absolutely, of course, I might remember as many of our students as we have. Was that was I was I a memorable student? In a good ways, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> wonderful kid, player. You worked hard. Yes, Thank absolutely. You. I always remembered in orchestra class. I would be. I sat next to Phil uh, Adams. I think his last name was. Okay. And he and I would literally. Oh my God, we would goof around all the time, and I would I would get just these glares out of the corner of the eye every every time. Like he and I would just be like <laughs> goofing around, not paying attention. I'd look up and I'd see you be like. Come on. <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, yep, 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 yep. Focusing, yes. Well, Sorry, it's a sir. good thing I can go back into that gray book and, <laughs> and ding your uh, behavioral grade now. <laughs> like, G- mm, just give me a second here. We're just, just going <laughs> to knock that point right there. That was not uh, A material. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But uh, I'm so glad to have you. Oh, I love being here. Thank you. Thanks it, for the invite. Oh, of course. For, for those of you who don't know, you are a not only a uh, – 
conductor for mm-hmm. well, what would you call yourself a music director or something like that uh director i mean in terms of the podium director conductor same thing teacher composer um friend of music friend of new music um educator parent Wow, look at that! Um, you are full of titles. Yeah, we all—all all of us wear wear a lot of those titles. Absolutely. Yeah. Take take those titles with with pride. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, you like you not only uh, are up there conducting students stuff mm-hmm. like that. You're also making music at the same time, which mm-hmm. is honestly beautiful. We have some of those tracks that don't mind me. I'm just punching the mic. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, you haven't gone an episode of Cream Crap with Craig Where without hitting the mic yet. Punched. This is why talking with your hands is not safe on a podcast. I, I can need see. to see it's hazardous. I just need to like I don't need I need to sit on my hands. <laughs> you also like curl up into a ball it's and that you're like I got all that over the place. Unmedicated ADHD and it does not do wonders for hand gestures punching the mic i think that coffee diet it's is that, it's, not helping it's 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 a wombo combo and <laughs> i'll tell you this right now it's not good <laughs> it's not safe i don't suggest it at all but uh you know what here i am hey get to my age coffee and ibuprofen is your best friend <laughs> <laughs> it's almost necessary <laughs> pretty much pretty much but uh yeah you i remember uh in orchestra, even mm-hmm. we played some of your pieces, and yeah. I always yeah. loved them. And thank you. I wanna. So we're gonna be diving into you not only as a conductor and as an extra uh, words as a conductor and an educator, but mm-hmm. also as a composer, because mm-hmm. I think that's a really important element. That it, not that it, it you, yeah, you need the credibility to mm-hmm. do the things that you do, but it definitely helps. I'd say for sure. It, yeah, there's a symbiotic relationship. At least that I use Absolutely. within my career and time. So, yep. yeah, like jumping right off of that, mm-hmm. uh, you being a conductor, I'm assuming that already helps you a lot with uh, how you even make music. Because not only you're you are you're coming at it from a point of well, I know how this goes together because I've conducted other people's pieces. Right, right. I know how this is supposed to sound and mm-hmm. I know, you know, things that little things that I can change as a conductor to make it sound more how I want it to sound. Mm-hmm. And how does that like being a conductor affect the way you make music? It like I was saying before, it's sort of a symbiotic relationship. One feeds off of the other. So when you're sitting a, a composer's best friend is study, right. score study. And just looking at scores and immersing themselves in scores. Um, I, I'm not a big reader. And when I was a kid, um, I'm kind of a slow, slower reader. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid and in high school, I didn't read a lot. I wasn't really big into reading, but I got scores. I saw sort of the graphic notation. And I would sit down and look at scores. And a lot of my friends would sit down necessarily with books. Right. And I just love looking and studying scores in that way. And so that... Um, as a director, obviously, is you know, a key ingredient to that process. But as a composer, um, and like when I'm working with my students over at Co. Um, and some of the high school students I've worked with, I've kind of articulated to them, hey, your best friend, teacher-wise and study-wise, is the masters looking at these scores, right. whether it's music that's you know two, three, four hundred years old or it's been written yesterday. Look at those scores and see how that sound was created. Yeah. And again, when you're when you're conducting, um, that's a necessary part of the process. But then you will um, see as a director and you're working on, let's say you're working on a Tchaikovsky 
uh, a string work and you're seeing how he's put those lines together, that will influence your writing at home. Right. Or as a composer, I will sort of wear different hats on the, on the podium with the kiddos and the group in front of me. And I'll sort of break down the piece, usually, obviously, rather quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, time is always against us in rehearsals. And Constantly. I know, right? <laughs> and you're breaking down that score. Yeah. And you're from a director point of view, but also from, at least personally, from a composition point of view. And how the, you can see, especially because I'm doing it every day, I'm writing just about every day, um, and been doing it for a long time, I can see very quickly how the composer has sort of created his or her piece and created that moment. And then able to then t- from that moment, and it's hard to sort of put in words, sort of translate that into the rehearsal process. Yeah. And um, at least that's my approach. Everybody does it maybe a little differently. but Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's people who just kind of mm-hmm. wing it and it works for them, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, however it works in the end, you take different paths, but, you know. As, as long, long as you as, get there. As long as you get there, really, and you have a great product at the end and a great performance and. And more importantly, at least from a performer or student-wise, they have you know gotten a lot of reward at that moment. And For sure. Then it's a win. Yeah, I feel like as a as a conductor, you know, you you'll have those moments where, I like, it, orchestral music has always mm-hmm. the arrangement of it has always impressed me because you have so many moving pieces, you have yeah. so many moving people as well that you've got to keep track of, yeah. and you know who's doing what at what time, mm-hmm. and all of these elements have to come together and mm-hmm. set like. You could take them separately, and maybe something separately actually doesn't sound that great, but once you put it together with all the other pieces, you're like, oh, no, this works. So mm-hmm. I feel like when you're conducting, you're like, I get it now. I see how these pieces are fitting together, whereas when I was looking at it when it was all just separately and on paper, yeah, you're like, is this going to work? And then when you actually hear that, you're like, oh, my God, it does. Yeah. I mean, from a director point of view, it's looking at it from, uh, it's like an organism. Right. In front of you, or ingredients. And you put all those ingredients together and you have this beautiful dish or this beautiful meal. Right. And all the ingredients to separately may have been fine or maybe it's a little bit strange to eat that spice all by itself. But yeah. when you put it in with something else, it, it adds an incredible amount to it. Or organ like organism. You know, you have all the different parts of that organism that creates the the being, if you will, and yeah. from a director point of view. From the composer point of view, it's it's very much the similar the same thing. But sometimes it's a bit of an experiment. Yeah, you just kind of be like, oh, is this going to sound good? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. nope, not at all. <laughs> oh, we, we've had those moments before <laughs> as directors, <laughs> as composers. Oh, my. Does yeah. not need more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have enough cowbell. Always have more cowbell and more tam-tam. Always um, need more of that. Yes, all, all those. Yeah, we have those pieces, and those pieces never see the light of day. <laughs> They were sort of stuck in the drawer or in the computer, and they never, ever see the light of day Have again. Have you ever had a crushing moment where you're like, you've made something, you're like, this is going to sound great. Yep. And then you like you get up there, and you're like, all right, guys, let's do this. And then you're like, wow, no. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this didn't work. Oh, yeah. I, I have a, <laughs> back in college, um, I had, uh, in high school and college, I had a, a crush and, and a, love, a love affair with uh, John Adams and his music. Oh. And so a second school of minimalism and loved his stuff and he's famous for a lot of things one of his big pieces was short ride in a fast machine <laughs> and uh, my director dr burkhart um was a huge fan of his and, and directed a lot of his music and um i she would and she's a, such a huge friend of new music so um she would read she would also you know program a lot of new works but also would read the composer's works um on campus 
and during reading sessions. And that's an incredible uh, opportunity to hear your music live. Absolutely. So um, I wrote this piece that I even forget the title of it. I think it was called Saratoga or something. Some really lame. That, uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, some lame <laughs> title. Yeah, it was a terrible title. And it had this big really big John, poor man's John Adams sort of feel to it. And I was exercising all this minimalism and my best version of John Adams, which is never a good idea. You want your best version <laughs> of you, not yeah, yeah, of exactly. someone else. But, you know, you're a kid and you're you learning. You start somewhere. Right. Yeah. And so I heard the, and I got very excited about the piece. Um, and we got to the reading session and I heard it and I'm out in the audience going, uh, in the hall, going, oh God, this is horrible. <laughs> is <that it? laughs> this is this is terrible. But there's Dr. Burkhart just sawing away up there with the, with the orchestra, <laughs> going at it. And then I had another piece that was a um, a vibraphone duet. Again, back in I'm college. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Well, we're all sorry, right? <laughs> and I thought this was a great piece of music. You know, I've it, heard of experimental, but yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Vibraphone duet, and I uh, had a couple of colleagues play it for me, and this was a twenty-five minute work. No. Yes, it was not good. How do you have twenty-five minutes? <laughs> How do you have ten minutes of a vibraphone duet? It was. Oh, my. So I was in the audience, bored out of my mind on my <laughs> own piece of music. And the worst thing was the director of the School of Music was in the audience at the premiere. And he recruited me, <laughs> personally recruited me from the Twin Cities to come down to you and I. And I saw no. him look at his watch oh, during the no. premiere. Yes. That's when you're just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. You helped bring me down and gave me money to come to your school. I will do better next time. <laughs> Yes, oh, no. we've all had those pieces. Um, I think even the title, the title is even bad. I mean, everything was bad about it. I, I was I experimenting. I want to hear this piece so badly. It's so awful. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm sure it's in my computer file somewhere. I would love to hear that. Oh my goodness, that sounds crazy. It was 25 <laughs> minutes of life that I'll never get back. And obviously for <laughs> for the, the director of the School of Music at the time. Oh no. So yeah, we we we've all had those pieces and experimentation. You learn from them. Exactly. You got to start somewhere, and well, you're gonna have yes. crazy pieces. Like it's that. like and something we work with our kids. You learn from, and this is sort of a strong word, but you learn from failure. Yeah, exactly. And there's something that my colleague and I are beginning to. Um, you can gracefully fail. Oh that, yeah. That's okay, and that's how we learn. Don't be afraid to to fail. We we all do. Um, I've been in the game for a while, and I still have moments where it's like, oh, uh, that was not successful. <laughs> oh yeah, and the and the best part is, is you can take pieces from those like, especially if it's something like super experimental. You can take pieces from them and be like, you know what? Th there were some moments in there that I think I could translate into something else. Like yes, one of my favorite yes. uh, composers, uh, Ryuchi Sakamoto. Mm -hmm. uh, he makes a lot of pieces for uh, films and stuff, but he also makes a lot of his own stuff. And a lot of his own stuff is heavily experimental. Some nice. of it is just like these crazy soundscapes that you'll get. Yeah. And listening to those, you're like, wow, this is really out of the box. But you'll know, and then you notice when he comes out with some pieces for like movies or something, he's taken pieces from these really heavily experimental stuff Absolutely. Yep. and translated that into these beautiful orchestral pieces that mm -hmm. it, it's like a night and day kind of person. You're going from almost performance art style of stuff yeah. to beautiful landscapes and like, like swaying movements that still hold on to these experimental parts of it. 
And you're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. raindrop almost stuff that he was doing like on a piano that was one key over and over again, he's turned into these little like drops that you hear in this piece in the background. You're right. Like, oh, right. it works there. Yes, I it love does. that kind of stuff. So, you know, if if you're listening to this, don't be afraid to experiment with your music. Like kind of go weird with it. Maybe not a 25-minute <laughs> duet. Maybe not. But, you know, you try it. If, it. if it works. If it works, it works. Yeah, <laughs> well, moving back for a second, you had mentioned earlier when you were younger you loved to pour over, like, scores and I stuff. Did, yeah. So has music always been a major factor in your life? Yeah, it has. Um, I think I might be the minority like of, like, my colleagues and my students and fellow friends at the time they kind of knew what they wanted to do going into college and kind of not uh or people go into college now and they'll change their major two or three times which is very normal oh depending yeah on the numbers that you look at i changed my i i, I think i've said this before i wanted mm-hmm. to be a teacher before and then mm-hmm. i found graphic design i fell in love with it and i so i switched majors so yeah it's more than okay to switch majors oh gosh no it happens yeah. all the time and um, for me, it's been, I've always wanted to do just one thing and have, in some way, shape, or form, music put a roof over my head and put food on my table. Right. Um, I just have no attention span. <laughs> I, I'm 46, but I'm like every other 15-year-old out there and or younger. I have no attention span. <laughs> You're like, I'm moving on. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I love the variety. I've always loved directing. Oh, uh, right. Back in junior high and high school, my teachers were incredible, and they allowed me the opportunity to direct. And to not only direct, but direct my own works. Back yeah. Even back then. And so, I love the idea of directing. I love the idea of teaching. And I loved the idea of writing. Oh, yeah. And to uh, my dream uh, was to combine all three in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, I, I like the variety of that. So then that's the gig and the life that I have. And it put food on table and a roof over my head. So and that, that's, there you go. That's perfect. And one thing I loved about, uh, you know, uh, you as a teacher, uh, I remember you would allow like student. I remember uh, when I was there, there was like a quartet or something that was all like student run. Like there was just one student mm-hmm. who was com- mm-hmm. like directing it and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool to see. Like yeah. you're just kind of letting them take the reins and you're like, all right guys, good luck. Yes. And, uh, yes. and uh, it was, it's fun to see, you know, students kind of trying it out for themselves mm-hmm. and like taking the reins of it. And, getting it a feel of what it's actually like because i imagine you know <laughs> there's a lot of people who assume that conducting is you just kind of stand on the podium and and look good for for 10 <laughs> minutes but uh from what i saw students students trying to do it it looked very stressful because you have a lot of <laughs> moving parts and yes. you're like god i hope all of you are paying attention to me right now and <laughs> oh yeah yeah there's definitely those moments they're like the old saying uh you never want to see how laws and sausages are made <laughs> yeah you never want to see how an orchestra or a band or a choir from from like the first day of reading up until the concert you don't want to like see how that it's some interesting <laughs> sounds that sort of happen at those moments uh, but when our, a mark of a of a teacher that's in, in my humble opinion is doing his or her real job is to teach themselves out of a job. Yeah, and to show the person, the folks in front of you, what to do, how to do it, why you're doing it, um, and creating a beautiful environment when doing it, and then just stepping back, right? Getting really just getting out of the way, and all of a sudden they're doing it. That's the if you're teaching yourself out of a job. 
then we've done our job. If that sort of makes any sense. Oh yeah, and you yeah you always uh, you always made sure that you're like all right guys remember like cue each other like breathe yes. together. You guys should know how to do this. Like I I think I remember one time you literally were like all right you guys should know how to do this without me and you literally like just walked off to the side and you were like go for it. Yep. And we did and it was like it was like oh awesome but you know. We didn't start out that way. No, no. It takes, it, it, but you have to take chances. The students have to take chances. Yeah. The teacher has to show, model, educate, uh, um, give some skills, obviously, encourage, and then just get out of the way and let them try it. And then the self fulfilling prophecy of, you know, if you put them in that position to do it, more no, not, they, they do it. And we still do the same thing today. My colleagues and I do the same thing where we're training everybody to run things sort of on their own and communicate and breathe. That's what we were talking about in queuing. Um, It's still a huge part, a part of our mission of where we are over at Lindmar High School. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, let me let me tip my hat to you. <laughs> I'd say you've been <laughs> very nice. effective at it. Uh, moving moving back to composing for mm-hmm. a second, just for uh, anyone who's interested in getting into sort of you know more orchestral pieces and the epics and all that kind sure. of stuff. Uh, how how do you go about like no, what? Not only is like what is the software you use, but like mm-hmm. where do you start with a piece of something like that? Like all that. How how do you get into m- making that kind of music even? So from like like at the current situation with all my background, um, when I'm going to start a piece of music, is yeah. that kind of the um, there's let's say let's start with the idea, the premise that you have a commissioning. Um, a body or a source. So somebody or some organization is asking you to write something. Right. Um, then with the, with that um, situation, I will sit down with that organization or that person and just sort of pepper them gently with different questions and asking them, to, uh, because they're your client at that point. And so I'm asking them, okay, so is this for an event? Uh, what's the group that I'm writing for? What are their strengths and what are their sort of weaknesses, if you will? Um, so I can kind of create some goalposts there. Um, is this, are you shooting for a certain kind of feel within the piece of music? Um, is it celebrating something? Yeah. Um, and sometimes the, the, the commissioning folks will be very specific about certain stuff. Just a graphic designer. I love that when people are specific. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you understand that the concept of, of creating something from nothing, which is a whole different sort of topic, but um, th- that's helping with that process. You got to create something from nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a, just a beautiful challenge. So I will sort of try in that conversation to get some sort of goalposts set up, yeah. you know, so I know where my parameters are and what they're looking for in that situation. Um, and sometimes they are very specific, and sometimes they're yeah, generally specific. Yeah, go for it. And right. Like, oh, and, okay. and sometimes they're exactly that. <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, I, I, I just, here's you know, our budget, and this is what I'm looking for, the, the group. Yeah, and good luck. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that can be both um, helpful and scary sort of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm feeling, you know, I... Uh, as an example, I've written uh, in a situation I was in a few years ago, I had written a lot of darker material because uh, I like writing darker stuff. Kids generally like the emotion of darker you know, material. I'm, I'm right th- I love sad songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I had written a bunch. And so the commissioning person said, hey, just, you know, whatever you want to write. I just love your stuff. I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. And I was really wanting to change the, wanted to write something happy. Yeah. And so I did. Um, 
And so I kind of went at it from sort of a, a happy perspective, and I had a blank slate, um, if you will. So um, I will start the process by asking a lot of questions of from the person commissioning or the piece that I'm writing. Let's say it's it's for me. Right. And it's not a person. Somebody else, an outside source is not asking. Then I will... Um, sort of ask myself questions. What mood am I in? What do I feel like writing? What emotion is driving me to do this? What I, and then what's driving sort of the creativity to sort of come out? And um, that's when it becomes interesting and fun and sort of sort of commissioning myself. Yeah, you're kind of asking yourself those mm-hmm. questions of like, you know, like, all right, what, where am I, what am I doing with this? Right. Where are we going right, right. now? And it's not work, it's play and it's fun yeah. and... And so that's how they will start. Uh, the, the pieces will start. So now you got the idea. Yeah. What on? How, where do you? What do you make these things with? <laughs> I I like when I imagine like composers making music. It's always that I'm at a nightstand lit by candlelight, and I have my <laughs> quill and inkwell in hand. <laughs> Absolutely, we all like that. Every one of us are like no that. computers. We always <laughs> right. Oh, uh, you know, every composer will do that process differently. So I can only speak for myself. Right. Um, for me, it's um, I sit in in my studio. I have a um, some composers can write anywhere. Um, some like a certain um, atmosphere or environment, and I like starting and doing that in 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 my studio. I'm like I I can't make stuff outside. Like I can make yes. stuff either at work or at my house. So you get it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I really tip my hat to these pe- the folks that I've talked to. Like, oh, I was on the subway and I wrote this entire piece. I'm like In a coffee shop. And I'm like, I was focusing on my coffee. I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm like, how? Okay. Well, it works for you. It actually took a while to figure out. A, a writer and a c- person creating something from nothing has to figure out what suits him or her in that situation. But for me, um, I have things set up in my studio. And so I have a, a full size keyboard. Um, a piano, and then I have, um, I do a lot of string writing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where a lot of my opportunities lie. So I have my string instrument in front of me. I have a cello, a viola, and a, and a, and a violin. Mm. And I will have those instruments in front of me. So let's just, as an example, say it's a string orchestra piece. So I will, um, and let's say for this example, the commissioning person, let's say somebody is an outside source. Right. So they're going to, they say, yes, I'd like you to write this piece. I'm going to be a blank slate. So it's a blank slate. So I will um, first, the the first part of that process takes a little while. It's slow, like for me. Yeah. And I've gotten very okay and comfortable with the fact that it is slow, meaning I'll have a writing session, let's say, I'm calling it a writing session, let's say it's a two, two and a half hour uh, time span, and I'll have like four measures written. And that's okay. Yeah. Because most of that time was spent sort of improvising. So I'll sit in front of the piano, and I'll start improvising different ideas and different feels. Um, and then I'll pick up the, the violin or the viola, the cello, and I'll start playing di- that, some of those ideas from the piano. So I, for me, it's generally starting on the piano. Um, I think that's a that's a fair place to start. you got a lot yeah, of options there. You do. You have mo- a whole range of sounds. Most composers of, of sort of like art music that I'm sort of in the world that I live in will have piano chops of some kind. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a pianist, but I can get around the piano and improvise quite well you on You know what it. you're doing on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I took lessons for a long time. I wouldn't say I'm a pianist where I sit down and do a concert piano playing. I'm not. I don't have those kind of skills. But I can improvise on there rather well, and it works for my writing process. 
So, I mean, I've been writing for a while, so I know what my process is. And the process for me in the beginning is slow. And I've gotten very okay with that. And I try to encourage my students. It's like, okay, this week, get a lot of sketches out. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I got to imagine the same thing with graphic design where oh, you're yeah. sketching something or if it's, or if it's a written, uh, sort of, um, kind of art in some way where you're sketching something literally and getting okay with making a bunch of stuff and like, you know, mm-hmm. and knowing that a lot of what you're about to make is like, you're not going to use any of it. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's just like, like, we're not using any of this, but it's got to be ma- like you, you, you got to get through every iteration you can think of. And starting slow is something that I think a lot of people need to hear because I feel like a lot of people feel like, you know, they, you see it in movies and stuff. I feel yes. like a lot of people just feel like you should be able to. And it's not. No, you, it's not. Yeah, and it, it's not at all. And it takes a lot of work. And it's not a linear process where it's starting from from the beginning of measure one and you get to measure 100. And that is your first 100 measures. It's yeah. not that at all. You're like, like, well, I started in the middle of this piece. And like, you I know, don't know that it's the middle. You're, yeah. yeah you're, you're like, I don't know what's. And then you could be almost done with the piece. and You're like. I finally got the I, I got the opening. Yes, now. we're good. Yeah, an example of the piece that I I, I sent to you earlier, um, which we'll get to later. Yeah, <laughs> Majest- the new one, a brand new piece that just finished this past December, Majestic Fields for full orchestra, and um, I was writing this killer idea in the piece. Uh, I spent several writing sessions, I would say weeks, on this, and I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome, and then I I kind of went away from that for a little bit and came and, went and started working on another idea for the piece. And the two ideas would not mesh right. at all. They were not working. I loved both. And then I made, you, you get to a fork in the road because the a commissioning body in this case has a due date. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we all have a boss. Um, and I had, and, and I had this stuff planned out. Um, you know, I have a composition calendar, if you will, and I know what I need to get done by when and how much time I'm going to have. So um, I, I had this wonderful killer idea, and it was very well flushed out. I probably had to like probably about a, oh, 50, 70 bars of it flushed out, which is a big chunk. Yeah. That's more than a sketch at that point. Yeah. And I made here. a fork in the road. I abandoned it. It's like this is not going to work. You know what? I talked to myself, Josh. This is a different piece. I'm, I, you know, I've, I've, I've worked on a project that I've gotten very far in, and it just, I'm like, that's not, this isn't working. Uh, like, right. I'm like, and and a lot of times I'll take that and just move it somewhere else. I'm oh, like, I'm hundred like, percent. This could come back. Never. Um, a composition. Uh, it was sort of a teacher for a limited time because I was at a, a camp, and they said to me, always write in pen, never pencil. This is back before computers were kind yep. of thing. <laughs> I do go back that far. And it, because you never want to erase what you wrote because you never know when you're going to use it. Because you, you don't want to have a moment where you're like, oh, that one thing that I made. I know. I burned it. Yes. <laughs> oh. And we've all had those moments where you, you had something. Danny Elfman, the great film composer, a uh, big fan of Danny Elfman. Um, has a great story where um, he always, in his lecture on this um, video, was talking about having a, like a recording device, your phone. Yep. And you get this great idea in your head, sketch it out or sing it in your phone. And he was at his, uh, I think it was his daughter, his daughter's wedding. And he had this fantastic idea, but he, and he's sitting in front row because it's his uh-huh. kid's wedding. Yeah. And it was in his head. But he didn't want to be that guy oh, that pulled no. out his phone during the ceremony. Yeah. So it, it, the title of that section of the, the documentary was The One That Got Away. Oh, 
no. no. He, was, we've all had those. Yeah, where you're like, this is a great idea. Like, you're in the shower, and you're like, yes. oh, my God. And then you get out, and you're like, yes. what was that? Oh, it's happened <laughs> to all of us. And it, you just have to get those ideas down. I remember, this was a few years ago, I, was, I had this huge writing session, and it was about, I. for me, I love writing at night. Mm. It's not real conducive to the job but I have where I have to get up at 6:30 in the morning. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love writing late into the night and it was about 12:30 in the morning, almost midnight, somewhere around there. And I was done with my writing session. I was walking upstairs just to start turning my brain off to kind of go go to sleep. And this idea just that light popped comes on. right in my head. And it was this killer idea and I said, "Josh, you got to get yourself back into that studio. <laughs> at least get it on paper." Do it, people. Get and those ideas on paper. Yes, just get it on paper. So I spent another 25, 20, 25 minutes making sure I had what I had in my head on the paper, and then I went to bed. And if I didn't, I would have lost it forever. And, and that's, that's important to know. Yes. So Get that, your ideas out there. Get them. When I say to young folks or anybody, do not be afraid of the beginning process taking time. Sketch, sketch, sketch. Get things on. Just because what you wrote that moment does not necessarily mean you're thinking, oh, this is a killer opening. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Just write it. Get it. Yeah. Get it sketched in some way. Get it down. Get it on paper. You can flush out the ideas and how it connects to everything else later. Yeah. It, you know what? I'd, I'd say the same thing goes for, honestly, most mediums are like that. Yeah. It, it, whatever you're making, just get your ideas down. It's good to have ideas down. You'll Honestly, you'll look back on them and go like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was making that thing. Well, we so. all have a sketchbook, yeah. too. So what I'll do is, in, in the music world anyway, is I'll take my sketchbook, if you will, sort of air quotes, and you can't really see that in the podcast. <laughs> well, well, we'll put them in post. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have a special sound. But um, I'll have an idea, and I, and I loved it. And you were talking about like this, doing this idea and this idea, and maybe using it, maybe not using it. Composers do the same thing. Yeah. And I will take that idea, and maybe it's not working in as the piece is sort of becoming its own, mm-hmm. but this is its idea that's pretty good. I like it, but it doesn't work for this this project, I will take it in my music and I do everything on the computer and I will just copy and paste it to the end of the file or end of that, that score and just leave it there. And then when I get towards the end of the process, um, I have, you know, like 200 measures of sketches, uh, at the end of it, I will just save it. And you're like, why, why was this file so big? Oh, yeah, right. I got all these. I know, I, I have all these, these sketches the right there. <laughs> and I will just save it as a sketch and put the date on it. And I will erase all of the material that was before that because that's a different file. This, yeah. It's own piece now. And then put it in a folder of sketches that I have on my computer. Like, that's a great idea. And just, to, they're there. So I can go back and look at them. Um, that, as an example, it was just most recently... That piece that um, that's I had that 50, 70 measures of that string work that just wasn't working. I'm going to take that, and that's going to be my next piece. That's going to be a start. There we go. Of my and my inspiration's already there. And this, people, this is why you save things. Oh gosh. And uh, on that note, on the note of saving, mm-hmm. we're going to take a quick little break, there you, you and then we'll get back. So Logan, hit him with the ads. Boy, howdy, do I love those ads, Logan. Do you Uh, love ads? There's some tasty, tasty ads. Those are beautiful ads that I definitely had to listen to, and I didn't just go right back into the recording. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I never planned for these things. I just, words come out of my head sometimes, Logan, and these words 
are about LAS Plus. Oh, did you like LAS that little Plus. segue that I did there? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a beautiful little segue. Look at you creating crap. I'm, you know, that's the name of the show, and I feel like I should use that. At, you know, I should actually create something at some point. Sh- sure. And I'm creating words ah, okay. out of my mouth hole. Uh, speaking of LAS Plus. LAS Plus is the beautiful premium feature that you can subscribe to for just ten dollars a month. Ten dollars a month. And I I know it's it's that it's that Netflix it's that Hulu price range and it's beautiful. And the most important thing, let's Ooh, uh, Netflix just raised their prices again. Did they really? What yeah. Know? Yeah. LAS Plus is way cheaper than Netflix. Oh, so subscribe to cancel your Netflix subscription. Get that out of here. Get out of here with Netflix. Subscribe to LAS Plus. And uh, to to get real for a second, LAS Plus is genuinely. You're supporting local. You're supporting Cedar Rapidian artists and creatives. We have so many fun shows on this network, and we're, we're working on pumping out bonus content for these episodes that you'll get access to. You'll get uh, exclusive offers for live events, maybe even some early ticket purchases. You'll get ad-free episodes. Who doesn't want that? And most importantly, you can sleep well at night knowing that you are supporting your local community. And hey, even if you're not local, say you live in Vancouver, Canada, you're supporting your favorite Iowans here in Cedar Rapids, and doesn't that just fill you with joy and love in your heart? Yeah, all those all those Vancouverites. You know, I'm I'm Canadian. I feel like I should know what you they're called. You should know that. Yeah, I have no clue what they call themselves. Um, Vancouverians. Vancouverians. Love all those Iowans Van- here. Yeah, they are big fans of Iowa <laughs> in Vancouver. <laughs> they love Iowa. Can't get enough of it. <laughs> $10 a month. Get you tons of great stuff. If you want to find out more, go to laspodcastnetwork.com forward slash plus. 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 You know what else is a plus? This conversation. So let's get back to it. <laughs> so... We were just discussing how you make a piece and all that, and that is, I think that's an important conversation to have because it's a very daunting thing for a lot of people, and especially when you're talking about something that has a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had a musician on here. He was a buddy. He's a buddy of mine. Not was. He is. No, oh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, he's, he's, he is a buddy of mine. Uh, he's he's a musician, but like for a band. He's got his own solo project, and he's part of like a, a alternative. I don't know what kind of music I'd call him that, but uh, you know he has his own band, and obviously the process for that can be very, very different than the process for a composer. Although I guess it's different for everybody, so not always. It is, yeah. Um, but going off the the pieces that you have made, I would love to bring up mm-hmm. a piece that you've made before. Yeah, hell, honestly, you you sent me some pieces earlier, and I listened to all of them except one. I didn't get a a chance to, uh, but banger songs. <laughs> Thank, I mean, you. Banger Thank you. Songs. Thank you. If you're out there, if you're listening to this and you're like a fan of like, yeah, I, I may, maybe I have some, some cross people from gaming through the generations. So if you like final fantasy music, you might like a couple of songs. Uh, there you go. We got here for you. So Logan's going to c- pull up a piece. And we're going to talk about this piece once we get this thing. Which, which one are you doing, Logan? Which one do you want to do? You, you know what? Let's put the pressure all on Logan. Okay. Let's, let's get the stress. Because that's what he needs in life right now is more stress with a kid and running a company and all that. <laughs> that's what he needs right now. We're going we're gonna to do a few of them. We're going to do... Let's do it. Wait. Well, it's a question. How many are we doing? Let's do I'll, two. I'll pick an order. Let's do, let's do two. Okay. 
uh, I'm going to save the new one Ooh. for second. All right. Okay. And we'll do uh, we'll do this one first. Okay, here we go. Oh yeah. I love that part. That little. Oh yeah, that's fun. I love that. That little crash there. And you get into these like beautiful like swelling strings going around. The little drum, like fill right there. (laughs) Gotta have a little fun. Gotta have the fun of it. Listening to this one on the way over, and that that was the part where I was like, "Oh, was that it? Oh, oh we're back! <laughs> there it is. Oh, I love that piece so Thank you. much. Thank you. And uh, it, it, it's it's I really like like driving pieces. Yeah. Uh, not you know driving like a car, but like pieces that with you, energy. They, they got that energy and that yes. movement. Yes. And I, that that song in particular really just kind of like hypes you up almost. Oh yeah. yeah. And it, it's got that you know. We were we were talking about this uh, before the show. It's kind of you know it's got that little bit of like Mission Impossible vibe. Oh yeah, there. yeah. You know, it's got that vibe, oh, but yeah. it's just this really fun piece. Yeah, thank you, uh, Dat Groove. Dat Groove. Please Dat tell Groove. me that is the that's going to stay the name. That's not a work in progress. That is the. Oh name. no, it's a published piece. Yes. And no, it's a published piece. What that that actually piece has an interesting history. So it falls perfectly in line with what we were talking about before. Oh. You don't know where a piece is gonna, where are the the journey of that? Because right. They're really. I look at them as. I mean, most composers look at their works and anybody creating something from nothing. It's like it's like your children. Oh yeah. So um, this one has an interesting history. Uh, Dat Groove is currently it's published. It's out there. It is a string version of it. And that particular recording you heard was something I did in my studio during the pandemic. And so um, you know, all of us artists were sort of hit at a standstill we all hit a wall yeah uh, i had a lot of gigs and things lined up for the year um aside from my my school um responsibilities and everything just stopped you know and so and all those gigs have come back now in 21 into 22 but you know all of us were like oh i need to that was a lot to miss yeah like it's just like oh i was ready for it and then this is my this is who we are you know so um that particular recording i just I called it a dat groove high octane. I add, I just put it into Logic. I put it into my my DAW, my my recording studio stuff, and I just added a bunch of stuff. And then as the recording goes, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I oh. threw, and I just got these choir voices on my computer. I'm like, well, I gotta have fun with these. Gotta so I, have the choir voices. Uh, yeah, there. I have choir in there. That's what makes it epic. That's oh. what puts the little tag epic on it in the music store. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I yeah, added brass and woodwinds and just so. Um, but the the original history of that piece, it was a 
seven-part miniature. One of the missions when I was in college um, back 20-some years ago was... That was only yesterday. Yeah, (laughs) no problem. A quarter century ago. But um, I wanted to write a miniature. And miniatures are like anywhere between 5, 10 to maybe 45 seconds long. They're really short pieces of music. And it's a style of music. So, And, of course, when you're college or anytime, you're experimenting with different forms of music and stuff. So that was... My, my teacher and I said, I'm going to write a piece of miniatures, this short little movement. So um, I had a fish tank in my apartment. Oh. And I love, I love like, fish. And so I don't have one anymore because I'm a little busy. But I had all these different fish in there. And so I wrote a movement for each fish. And it was kind of a palindrome in the middle. I right in the middle. The, the seventh <laughs> movement was the, 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 a cello solo. And it was titled um, Nocturne for the Departed Souls. What? <laughs> <laughs> for all the fish that passed away. For all those fish that got flushed. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but one of the movements was called Pearl Garami. Pearl Garami is a, a South, I think it's a South American fish, um, and it's freshwater. But I had, it's I'm a right beautiful now. fish, and um, I loved that that one. And the piece itself has nothing to do with the fish. I just need a title. I'm terrible with titles. Like when I was a kid. I well, wrote, you have one called Dat Groove. That's amazing. Well, I've gotten better. <laughs> I've gotten better. But I, I, I was a kid. I used to call the, my piece, oh, the name of my piano, Chickering. All right, so that's the name of the piece. <laughs> I have this little stuffed puppy that used to dance. Okay, this piece is called Dancing Puppy. I had I was terrible with titles. <laughs> Just whatever was around you. That yeah. Was, that's oh, hey, the title now. <laughs> hey, look at Day Old Taco. Oh, okay, that's, that's the, the name of the piece. So um, I wrote this piece of seven miniatures of, for string quartet. Um, and one of the movements was called programming and it, this piece basically was a sketch that, that piece programming was a sketch for this piece. I liked that programming, if you will, piece. It was in 10, eight. Yes. Mission impossible stole 10, eight, or it doesn't own 10, eight. I should say. Yeah. They don't own it. They don't own it. So we can use it. And I love grooves. I, I love the idea of, of rhythm, okay. driving energy and rhythm. That's just who I am. Big fan. Yeah. It's like so, Mad Max over here. Right. <laughs> and um, so I uh, um, took that piece and I scored it out for middle school orchestra. And um, because I thought, well, middle schoolers love energy. and I, Right up their alley. Yeah. And yeah. the piece itself kind of lent itself technically to for the requirements of a, a younger string group to be able to play. And so I, I scored it out. Um, I think I still called it Programmy. <laughs> Honestly, the cool kids, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was fine. It has imagery there. It's not really reflective of the piece, but it doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. So I um, and it, and it lived in that way for a few years. Um, and it got played by my groups. It got played by some other groups um, from local directors here. And then. Um, uh, and my publisher was asking for some something for um, the next cycle, and I said, "Okay." So I took that piece. I'm like, "Well, this has been successful locally here, and with my guys, and I like it. Maybe other people would like it." So I flushed it out even bigger. So it started out. The piece itself has its own history, and this is goes back to what we're talking about, like why it's so important to keep sketches and stuff like that, yes. because it can turn into, into something. A full piece. Like the person you were referencing, they, they have their sort of art music, yeah, and then they use it or elements of it for their film or their exactly. their TV or their Ryuji video game. Sakamoto, amazing. I love yeah, that. he's great. So we all do that, and that's where this piece sort of. Um, has its own history, and a history of it. It's been over um, about two decades. I love that. Um, so that it, 
yeah, it had, they all have history. They all have paths. I love that. I love hearing about the history of like peas and stuff like that because there's so much that you learn from it. So, moving on, I would love to hear Mr. Logan Adam Schultz play us the beautiful sounds of. Was that on me? <laughs> I don't know who I was throwing that to. I was throwing <laughs> it to someone, and then I realized I I I laid it up, but I wasn't anywhere near the net. <laughs> the, new, the newest one is Majestic Field. Yes, correct. It is. It's, yes, it is. all right. I just finished it and it's being premiered in April. I kept thinking of the word voyage, but that's because of Spirited Voyage. Yeah, that's a different piece. That's <laughs> like, nope, that's not the right one. So, is this the first time that a a general audience will hear this piece? Yes, actually. <gasps> You're all getting a little teaser. Yeah, Ooh, this. Yeah, oh, a little saucy over here. An exclusive premiere. Yes, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Da, da. I feel like an adventurer. Like, I'm setting off on a quest right now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and it's going to be the most epic adventure of my life. Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. I, it, it, it's it's so like it's just it makes you feel good. It's like it's it's really majestic. It makes you feel like it makes you feel like you're the hero of the story, and it's great. I love that. And, like we were talking earlier about like you know making sad music and stuff like that, and all mm -hmm. that. I love that kind of music. I do love it, but it's also nice to make happy music every now and again. That was the goal, and that actually. After that was the goal of the piece. Well, and I think, if I may, um, Majestic Fields feels like a really appropriate name. Oh, because yeah. Because I'm, I'm getting you. the um, this regal majesty element of it, this uh, almost um, um, British royalty energy yeah. to it, right? This <laughs> fanfare of it. But then also you have um, kind of that rolling Americana feel. It's very, mm -hmm. you know, that imagery of, of rolling fields and... Oh, yeah. um, you oh, know, perfect! Western world. That's exactly what I was going. For. I think it's great. That's perfect. I and the hoedown in the middle is my favorite. <laughs> the There's a big old hoedown. Hoedown. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. This this uh, this song is just a treat. Honestly, but all all the music that you sent me, I was like, I love this stuff so much. Thank you. And I I uh, but yeah, going back to what we were saying earlier, um, this was a exercise in creating happier music for you yes this one was yes um the commissioning body asked again creating asking for some goalposts and, and what they want right for because they're the ones who are hiring you to do that so they wanted nothing overly specific um so they asked for something that was had an americana feel to it um they also asked for something that's like quote we're back that's what they use. I even wrote that oh, down in yeah. my notes, um, b meaning from you know the pandemic, and this is being premiered in, in April, and so we're back playing, we're back together, we're back, you know. So they wanted it happier, 
Um, also, it's at an event where they have a lot of sort of, quote, big wigs that go to it. And when if they go to a concert, this is the one they go to. Mm. So a lot of supporting folks are at this particular event. So, so this is a big concert. Um, for the, for their big festival, yeah. yeah. There's, there's folks going to be there. I haven't actually witnessed it yet. But, yes, they, that's, that's what the commissioning body has sort of mentioned to me. So, um, And it, they wanted uh, something that would sort of maybe play to that audience a little bit too they didn't really say it in so many words but as an artist you kind of hear that in between the lines yeah and so like a lot of people creating something from nothing to i guess it depends on the situation but for me um reaching the audience is critical i i love to take the audience on a journey in, in my writing or what i program with my students for their audience we talk about that a lot taking your audience on a journey um not necessarily forcing the audience to say, you're going to like this because I did it. Yeah. That's not my perspective. My perspective is I'm going to listen to who you are and I'm going to try to take you on a journey through my language um, oh, and, and like of, the, of the piece. And obviously, you know, there are things that you're going to do that's you um, with that. But And it's not, and you got to be careful, it's not like t- sort of writing something that they're going to like. Because you know who they are, so that's sort of placating to them. It's not yeah, that at not all. Yeah, you're not like pandering to them. No, yeah. no, not at all, because that would be f- kind of offending. Yeah. Um, but just knowing your audience, knowing who you're writing for or the situation that you're writing for. And that's important to me as an artist. I mean, everybody's different. It's just who I am and my philosophies as, as a writer. So um, uh, coupled with, we all, obviously, we're sort of still in this pandemic, but with what was going on last year, just sort of being in isolation, and everything was just heavy. Oh, it was just yeah. such oh my mental God, yeah. energy was just spent on everything, just being so heavy and no fun and it's not fun. I'll, no. I'll say that it wasn't a it wasn't a hoot and holler and good no. time. No, and so um, I purposely wrote something that is uplifting on purpose. I, I wrote like something that. that is fun. There's parts of the piece in the middle. I was, and there's a hoedown in the middle. The piece does not take itself too seriously, like in the middle. So I, I only had a few minutes to write the piece. So I, you know, it can't be a multi movement work that lasts for you know three hours. Yeah. But um, I like an arc, and sort of an ABA arc. And a lot of times, which is very common, the m- openings and the ends will be big and bombastic, and the middle is going to be sort of quieter or, or ballady or whatever. That's great, and I write a lot of that. But I purposely went into have my inspirations on the, on the, the bookends, and in the middle is not ballady. It's the spirited hoedown. <laughs> and it's a part where it almost sounds like it's a musical and it's not taking itself too seriously. Oh but, my goodness. But it's just fun. And it's supposed to be happy. And that's important. Like I think like we need songs that right can now. Be fun. Yes. Yeah. And I think and art imitates you know, life. Exactly. And so right now I needed my art to sort of ask my life to be happy. Cause that's I feel like that's what we need and if you folks want and it's easy to be negative. It's easy to be sort of um, poking at each other. But I wanted this to be everybody to listen to it and put a smile on their face. Let's have fun. Yeah. yeah. It purposely has moments in the piece where it is, there's a beat. There's kind of a march-ish sort of section in there. There's a backbeat through things. And that was all on purpose as part of the design. So you're kind of sitting there in... And you're just sort of... You can jam to it a bit, yeah. Bopping along yeah, a little like, bit. Ooh. And maybe it puts a smile on your face. And you can sing the melody. The melodies are supposed to be very singable. There's um, a very cinematic sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. That's all on purpose. 
um, in the name of just sort of enjoying it. And I think that's so important because, like, art in general, uh, and this is, includes music because music is an art form. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, it can be very therapeutic for yourself. Yeah. And it's important to make something. Sometimes it's it's great to make something that just makes you feel good. Yeah. It and doesn't always have to be doom and gloom. It can be make you feel good. Or it doesn't necessarily need to be, like, the next original, unique Y- you're you're not painting the Sistine Chapel every time. No, you know? but I'm, uh, that's not what I was looking to do. Exactly. That my I guess the Sistine Chapel was happy. There was you go. just just let's enjoy who we are. Let's be happy for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and um and that was the the goal of the piece. Aside from under the sort of umbrella of the what the commissioning body was looking for. So I love that. I had a lot of fun writing it. Um, I get to direct the premiere in April. Um, I'm excited. I, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. Um, and uh, I'm hoping, you know, it has a future. Uh, the worst thing for any composer is the, the first performance being the last performance. <laughs> <laughs> no no composer ever wants that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, this is when the piece premiered and when it ended. And to all you listening out there, um, if you hear a, a composer's piece, the worst thing you can say to them, him or her, is, oh, your piece. That was interesting. Never say those words. <laughs> <laughs> Find something else oh, to that's say. That's interesting. It's like, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow, thanks. <laughs> nope. That's the worst thing you can say to a composer. Oh, I've, that was interesting. I've always taken that as a as a. You don't want to tell me that you didn't really <laughs> like. That. Just be honest. Like, like just oh. tell me. Like, just tell me. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's okay. We're, oh, that was interesting. And I was like, I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That'll it's, be interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, never say that to a composer. Well. Let's, you know, I like that note. Let's end on that note of it's okay to just make something that's happy and it's yeah. okay to be happy. And yes. after such a, a crazy year, and I know obviously like things are still ongoing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. God, I'm hoping they're not ongoing forever. Uh, right. But it's okay to take, even in the times like today where it doesn't seem very hopeful sometimes, it's okay to be happy. It is. It's okay to make things that are happy. It's okay to laugh. It is absolutely okay to laugh. It's okay to feel good, even if everything around you is burning down. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're not burning with it, then you're ha- okay. Then you're fine. You're, oh, you're great. <laughs> Living right. it up. That's right. Well, That's right. with that being said, mm-hmm. is there anything that you, I, I, at the end of the show, I always like to ask my guests, just mm-hmm. plug yourself, plug anything that you would like to. So Let the people know what's going on in the world of Resnikow and where would you like to direct these fine, fine folks? Um, you know, it just if you're interested in some of the music that I've done, you can you can Google it. I have things on Spotify. Uh, a lot of things have been published. Uh, this piece being premiered in in, in April, and um, um, my pieces are being uh, pr- performed all over the country and the world by different different groups. That's gotta and feel. Real quick, that's got to feel crazy, right? It, it's really crazy. That's got to feel surreal. When your music travels. That's weird. Yeah. yeah it's like, just, oh it's God. all over. And, <laughs> um, that's the that's what any composer is looking for. Is Easy little the, butterflies. Is, yeah. It's <laughs> like where it travels. You don't know where it travels. Um, actually, a quick story, if that's okay. Let's that, do it. Uh, last week, I was doing a gig in, in St. Louis, and um, we did this piece, Spirited Voyage. Um, which um, which I sent you, and the piece was supposed to be premiered in May of 2020, and we all know what happened around May of 2020, right before that. You the, know, just something minor, right? Might so happen. everything obviously, <laughs> just, yeah, 
yeah, I just gotta <laughs> just stop. It didn't happen. <laughs> so in uh, um, May of 2020, the premiere was obviously canceled, yeah, and the um, uh, the uh, folks that I was writing the piece for, um, and Moline, my friend, good friend, and colleague Zach. Um, he said, well, we're going to try to do this in, uh, um, in November. And I said, great. And then it just didn't happen yet because of, we weren't really up yeah. and running in yeah. November of 2020. And then, uh, at that point he's like, well, it'll just be, it'll be as it will be and you have permission to program whatever. So I sent it to my publisher. They accepted it. Um, it got published. Um, I recorded it with, with my colleagues, um, Andrew Stefan over at Wash. He's a great, uh, great artist and great recording artist. We recorded it. We sent it to our publisher. It's out there. And I have no idea if it's ever been premiered. So when I got the gig in St. Louis, I programmed it for this big, huge honor orchestra in St. Louis. Right. And I told the kids, you know what? And I told the folks that organizing, and I told the audience, we have no idea if this piece has <laughs> ever been performed. I've never even seen the light of day out there. <laughs> I mean, it's sold copies already, you know, but I don't know. Whether or not anyone did anything with does that. It, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I uh, performed it, and we... We called last weekend the premiere. We called it. You know it what? That. There you go. There it was. You're and like, so, this is the premiere now. Yeah. I don't care. This, this is, is the, the We're going to call yep. this the official premiere. This and the, the, and the kids were super excited to do that. And and I was to actually, because the last thing you do as a, as a composer, if you don't know where it gets officially premiered. Right. There's that Some first, guy out there is like, hey, wait, I did this first. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't know. Uh, and a premiere is a very special thing for any writer. Um, oh, absolutely. And it's, it's a very special moment. So. Uh, we called it the premiere. So that was that happened in the past, but it. that was um, something that was going on in in my professional life. So yeah, um, and uh, a lot of things are happening. A lot of things I'm working in the, always sort of getting the next project set up, the next um, pr- uh, commission set up, the next uh, gig set up. And well, I hope this forward. I hope this upcoming concert goes wonderful. Thank I you. hope your piece, yeah. you know, goes on to make the rounds around the world. Yeah, like okay. I, like I, like I yeah, rolled together. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, a bit of a lyricist. <laughs> I'm not outstanding. <laughs> anyway, with that, mm-hmm. Josh has been absolutely lovely. To Thank have you. you for You've having been a me. Beautiful on. guest. I love your show. Oh. Uh, best success to your show, and and keep Thank it going. You. Thank you. This has been a fantastic time. I love listening to music. I you know. I love getting guests like this, and I'm looking forward to get more guests like this. It's always Absolutely. fun to have friends on, but it's even more fun to have, you know, people that maybe you don't know 100% about. So right, I love right. these kind of interviews. For right. those out you listening, I'm hoping to do more of this kind of stuff in the future, 100%, talking to all sorts of local creatives. And there's a creative person I know. It's definitely you. I've oh, seen I your garden. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We could talk about that all day. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, but with that... Thank you so much for being here. The show premieres every other Thursday. It's a bi-weekly podcast. So keep on the lookout for the following Thursday. We'll get somebody in here. I don't know. I'll wing it. (laughs) But uh, anyways, Josh, thank you for coming on here. This was Thanks for having me. All right. With that, we'll talk to you all later. And one day, I'll actually have an outro that fits my intro, but it is not this. I... That's the outro. I punched the mic again. That feels appropriate. That feels appropriate for this show. Yeah. God damn it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>